Oh, keep those screenshots of Prediction Strike coming. I'm seeing Ashton Doolin shares. I'm seeing Kenny Gainwell shares. And I'm shaking. Get Prediction Strike, promo code UNDERWORLD, and a free player share with a $20 deposit. I thought you were coming in doing the swooshes. I was. I almost did. You did this thing. That was cool. <laughs> you know, threw me off. You threw your hands up. You gave me a psych, and then you did the the the, the pistol hot pistols. This face goes well with these glasses. You notice that? Yes. <laughs> it almost looks like they're the fake eyes, but they're not. Ow! Oh my god! Oh shit! <laughs> Oh, I tried to prove you wrong, but they are fake. There's no lenses. I tried to. Why did I try to prove you wrong? I hurt myself. <laughs> I just scratched my cornea. I, we got. We got to end the show. I got. I got I to go to the. What do you do if you scratch a cornea? And that you can't go to the the ER or the urgent care. You've got to wait for the what the the optometrist the next day. They just tell you suck it up, Buttercup, and go home. That's all they say. Yeah, they're like, dude, it's gonna heal over. Your eye is one of the fastest healing organs in the body, if not the fastest. Just wait a day. Yeah, go home and drink some Glenfiddich and hang out. You'll be fine. Well, that too. That that <laughs> helps. Yeah, you're you're. I like I love that you enjoy red wine and scotch. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, I enjoy pretty much almost anything. There's there's very seldom or very few things that I won't drink and, and hang out with buddies at. We are going to be hanging out in Vegas. We are coming around soon. So I'm I'm drying out. I'm dry. I told myself I'm drying out for Vegas. I'm not drinking hardly at all because I'm saving up for Vegas. So that's that's happening. That that's happening. Also, I, I ran this morning. I got up and ran this morning, but I had had a couple whiskeys, <laughs> and it wasn't that easy, man. I'm running, and I I had to. I'm really embarrassed to admit it. I had to stop. I had to stop. I, I usually do like a three mile run, and there's a couple nice, really good hills. Yeah. And with the second hill, like two miles in, I just randomly just started walking, and I've like <laughs> never do that. I'm like, what am I doing? And then I'm like, well, I'm walking. Why are you walking? Because I want to walk. I don't want to run anymore. It was like it was like uh, Forrest Gump. Remember, he's running cross country, back and forth, back and forth. And then one day he just starts walking, and everyone's like, oh, he stopped. Why is he just walking? And he's like, uh, I'm pretty tired. I think I'm gonna go home now. <laughs> yeah. Right? And they're like, okay, I guess we're not going to keep running either if you're not running we're not running and then so i was like okay so at the top of this hill i am going to start running again right and then i was like yeah okay we'll start running again to the top of the hill and then i did wait like another half a block and i was like okay dude listen are you out here to run or what why are you still walking like it was this crazy you ever had one of these crazy self arguments where you're like on the verge of talking to yourself oh i talk to myself all the time all the time like I literally have conversations with myself. I'm sitting there doing rankings and I'm like, why do I have, you know, Chris Olave ranked here? And then I start talking to myself about Michael Thomas and I'm talking out loud. My wife's like, you're crazy. And I'm just like, no, it helps me through the process. It helps me like understand more. And it's like, it's like coaching, right? Or training when you, when you train someone, it validates 
your own knowledge. And so being able to do that through projections and, and, and analysis, it, it helps me just kind of understand my thought process more and maybe find gaps inside that. So yes, I talk to myself all the time. Yeah. So, uh, Billy, why are you spending all this time on rankings? Why are you rankings? I just oh. felt like ranking. <laughs> so I ranked. <laughs> Been so busy with rankings and projections and and got them all cleaned up and, you know, posted over to the uh, the full-time site. Now I'm running through. We're talking off air. I'm doing all the tier-based because I had people asking for tier-based ranks now. And I told people there's a major difference between rankings and projections and like a cheat sheet. Right. Because where I have somebody ranked and where they're actually being drafted inside of an actual draft room are two different things. Like prime examples last year, having uh, Debo ranked over Ayuk. I wouldn't take him in round five where Ayuk was going last year. That'd be silly when you can get a four round discount. So it's nice to have tiers, but also it's good to have those tiers kind of correspond with um, the draft room and, and, and where they're going. So I think that's important for people to understand. Have you seen this app, by the way, in the App Store? I have. The Injury Finder. I heard it's trending. The Injury Finder is trending. It was top 10 in the sports category for a week. And Debo Samuel, officially the most likely to miss multiple games with injury because of the rushing touches, put him at risk. That is the reason. He moved ahead of Paris Campbell? That's right. Well, he has a lot more targets and touches, especially in the running game, and that jacks up your probability of going down. This is a Kyle Shanahan problem, right? That is the that is what it is. Debo has a Kyle Shanahan problem. Kyle Shanahan needs to knock it off. <laughs> but this is what Kyle Shanahan is going to do. He's going to like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put my franchise quarterback and franchise wide receiver at maximum risk throughout the season and just hope, hope that they don't, they don't go down, even though I am absolutely cranking up the probability that they don't make it through the season. Kyle Shanahan's like a high stakes drafter. He like goes for maximum, maximum ceiling every time he does. And <laughs> I guess fine <laughs> fantasy gamers enjoy Kyle Shanahan for that reason. I am drafting in the sleeper bowl against uh, the uh, reigning champion, AJ Dillon and many other uh, fantasy industry celebs. I have the best draft slot. My favorite draft spot, the one Oh four. So that's been announced. I can find. I've been having to, you know, I got yelled at because I released my draft spot before the official announcement. I was like, "I'm sorry, everybody. Just can't help myself. I I, I do all these. I do have every, a show every day, pretty much, and I got things to talk about. And that was a thing I could talk about. So, but now it's official, official, and I can say I have the 104. Is that your favorite draft slot? Every spot's my favorite draft spot. <laughs> Drafting in general is just my favorite. So anytime I'm drafting and Diggs and Adams are already off the board, I don't like that draft spot. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. That's that's a dead giveaway. So as soon as I get into like slot 10, 11, 12, I get a little nervous because then I can't get my favorite wide receivers. At 104, I can just let whoever falls to me give me cup. Give me Jefferson, give me Chase even. But the scenario where you get Chase or you draft Chase doesn't really ever happen. The only time I would ever debate one of the top five versus Chase would actually be Jonathan Taylor versus Chase because this is a 14-team league. I'm going for upside all the way. I want McCaffrey. 
If he's there, I'm smashing him. I want Cup. I want Jefferson. Taylor versus Chase. You still go Taylor there. I think you go Taylor. But it's actually closer than uh, probably most fantasy gamers might think that I think it is. Yeah, there's there's so much flexibility, and I think it just determines on on what you're trying to accomplish in that draft, right? I think you can go in with a mindset of what you're trying to do, but as we always say, just be water, be be malleable, and, and make sure that you're you're not sticking to the strategy. When you stick to a strategy and you hold yourself to that strategy, that's where errors are made. That's where you know ugly teams turn out. So I think it's it's okay to go into a draft with with a plan, but just know that, that plan's probably gonna get fucked up and you're gonna have to adjust. So so go in knowing exactly maybe who you want in that range and maybe have two or three guys that you're willing to take there, maybe four, and then and push someone up if you have to, but don't stick to a plan and just absolutely hold yourself to it. I think that's a recipe for a disaster. The beauty is at one oh four, right? One oh four, one oh five are the best spots to draft because you're guaranteed to get a top five guy. One oh four it's nice to have a choice. That's the thing. It's nice to have two guys you can choose from. And I do want Jefferson because I think he has uh, the the maximal upside this year. He's already just destroying camp. Just the best camp you could imagine. Slaying every route, every situation, every defensive back on the Vikings is just red meat. And he is the grizzly bear. Now, now, I will say... The reason why I would be tempted to go Jamar Chase is because I believe this to be a wide receiver heavy draft board early. A lot of wide receiver snobs. What's the format again? Is it how many starts at each position? I haven't checked, but I'm pretty sure it's start three receivers, full PPR. Okay. Yeah. But I, I can't I can't guarantee that. I'm pretty sure that's the format. It might be half PPR. If it's half PPR, then I definitely then that's that's out. I, I don't know. I, I feel like a, a total idiot that I haven't even checked. <laughs> the, that's the, that's the, isn't that the cardinal sin? Yes. Right? Isn't that the cardinal sin? Isn't that what you always talk about? I love this show. 101. One of my favorite things about this format is I get to be the dummy. <laughs> and I get to be the guy walking, sleepwalking into mistakes. And then you get to be like, uh, Matt, I wouldn't have done that. Or here's why this was a mistake. Yeah, or Matt, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, I, I'm I'm trying to look at the rules right now. I can't. I can't. Uh, I, I don't know. It's it's too. Uh, uh, it's, we're we're stalling. We're stalling. We're stalling. We're we're trying to find time. I'm looking at the rules here. I don't see necessarily the uh, configuration. It is 14 teams, as we talked about, and the uh, waivers. Are there, and this is really bad radio. That's good. There's waivers because it's not best ball, is what we're saying. There, there are waivers. I think if I click on my team, what if I click on my team? Won't that show it? Yeah, here we go. I'm at. By the way, the level of dummy that I am is really hard to even quantify because all I had to do was click on hello, the thing called my team, Podfather five thousand, and that would show the roster. You start two running backs, three receivers, and a flex. Okay. And so that that is that is the that that indicates to me that there's going to be a lot of wide receiver drafting going on, and it is half PPR, as I mentioned. Given that, I should be happy to get Jonathan Taylor at the 104. Half PPR. I don't think you will. I won't, but I mean I would be happy to get him. 
let's say I get Jefferson. I think half PPR means I'm more likely to get Jefferson. Now, yeah. let's fast forward because it's a 14-team league. With my next pick, I'm picking at the uh, what pick 24 would be my next pick. So at the 24 slot, that's in most cases, you're looking at a Fournette. You're looking at Javante Williams. You're looking at potentially even Travis Etienne. Any other running backs in that zone that I could be uh, looking at? Alvin Kamara, depending upon if he falls or doesn't fall. Alvin Kamara. So of those guys I named, you would go Kamara. I would. Yeah, I think when's the, when's the draft? Is it tomorrow? No, it's, I don't know, it's a week away or something like that. Okay, I mean, we have time, but I would say monitoring this uh, Melvin Gordon news, uh, if this foot injury appears to be, right now it's kind of convoluted, but if, if it does become more serious, I think it's a strong case for Javante Williams back in the first round again, because now there's no one else there, which it's, it's going to hurt my portfolio because I've been fading him at you know round one where he was going and even early round two. I've been taking him on the 2-3 turn, but um, this news now is going to catapult him to probably to that 1-2 turn again. And if that happens, um, I'd say if he's probably not going to be available for you to pick there, but uh, I would probably take him ahead of Kamara if that's the scenario. Yeah, I'm not going to get Javante Williams. Okay, yeah, probably not. Probably not. With the <laughs> You're not going to get Javante Williams. So, I mean, yes, that's where his ADP is. Approximately, we're not going to get him. We're not going to get him. Even if there are wide receiver snobs, we're not going to get Javante Williams. No, because 14 teamers, the position scarcity pushes running backs up the board, and you're going to see him go early enough. And I would not be surprised to see nine running backs probably go in round one, even in a three wide receiver start league, just because the position scarcity. I and mean, people are going to take one to two running backs for their first two picks let's just say that you're going to see probably 20 to 23 running backs go off the board by the third round it's a lot of running backs that is a lot of running backs so do you think that it's conceivable that not even Fournette's there when i'm drafting it's a possibility Uh, it really is do i go etn i would strongly suggest that pick four probably just taking your anchor running back and 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 going from there because uh, you're going just in case that run continues you might be talking about somebody like a um, James Conner or a no, no. Brees Hall, Cam Akers. Like it's no. it's a real possibility. Again. No, no, no. I, Cam Akers will be there with my third pick. Possibly. Oh, stop! No, don't scare tactic me. 14, 14 teamers. Don't do this. There, there's wide receiver snobs in this league, and we start three wide receivers. I can guarantee you. But even wide receiver snobs are going to look at position scarcity, and it's going to take a – you know, you, you have to think. If, if everyone takes one running back in the first, let's just say, round and a half, let's just say that, you know, that's going to be – you're talking about 21 running twenty one running backs potentially off the board or, or board by the end of round two. I am going to need a couple stud wide receivers in those first three picks. I'm Billy, I'm going to – override your advice which is probably a mistake i think it's fine you just got to get creative i'm not going eckler i'm not going eckler i'm telling you right now i'm not going eckler because i could get either cup or jefferson most likely and i'm, I'm going to go in that direction if mccaffrey falls there i'll take mccaffrey and then you will be in line we'll be in lockstep if i get mccaffrey fine i i did the same thing in the fsga draft with the sirius xm guys and it was 16 teamers and i went zero running back i didn't take my first wide receiver until or my running back till round six 
and I just pushed it and pushed it and pushed it because I was able to get somebody like Devontae. I went Devontae Adams and Diggs, my one and two, and then a 16-teamer. That's hard to do in a, in a, in a 12-teamer. Because everybody pushed running back up the board. Now, that's 16 teams, not 14, but still, it's going to scale accordingly. And so just be mindful. Running backs are going to fly. And if you're fine starting the likes of you know Naheem Hines, Tony Pollard, James Cooks, that's the kind of running back you're going to have to put your hat on in like rounds four and five probably. I've been with these guys in draft rooms before. There's going to be multiple zero RB teams. I can tell you that right now. Great. That's that's good, then it'll balance it out. It will. It'll balance it out. There will be running backs available. I can almost promise you Fournette will be there. And if Fournette's there, you pick him, right? Yeah, I, I'm starting to have I'm starting to have concerns with um this Bucks off offensive line. Now Fournette is, is still going to have plenty of opportunity. It's still a Tom Brady led offense. Um, but there is some some serious concerns when it comes to um Well they lost their center. Again, yeah, they've lost now. I think three interior linemen. So you, it's 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 troubling. It's very it really is. And and so now, that's you're not going to have as much room to run. You're not going to have as much time to throw. It's this offense in general is going to take kind of a uh, a slight hit. I mean, it is Tom Brady he gets the ball out fast, but nonetheless, it's never a good sign to lose linemen. This takes me back to that that draft that we did where I overdrafted Tom Brady. Oh. That's just remember I took Brady when I could have had Edmonds. Mm-hmm. That was bad. That was the mistake. God, I, I we're not dwelling on my mistakes. I'm almost like I'm making mistakes already. This draft is weeks away, and I'm already <laughs> fucking it up. I'm already tilting. This is crazy. Stop it, God. I love you, but you you freaking melt my brain sometimes, man. I gotta, I gotta. Just, ah! <laughs> Like, it's going to be fine. It's good, though. We're, like, unleashing that – just the inner potential in terms of – like, you want – so there's there's a quote. I'm going to I'm gonna butcher the shit out of this. What, um, I'm not even going to try, actually. It's, it's, I, mean, I, already, I already butchered it. <laughs> it, was, it was a quote in, in regards to paranoia and how paranoia pa- – people who are a little bit paranoid – are very successful because they're constantly on their edge looking at ways that they're kind of looking over their shoulder at all times, and it kind of helps that drive, right? It's good to be paranoid in a draft because you're going to be looking over your shoulder at all times. I'm always always looking over my shoulder. (laughs) It would be nice. It would be nice just to start two receivers, and I'm so high on acres, and everyone's so low on acres and and so dismissive and continuing to talk about Darrell Henderson as if, he's ever going to be a goddamn thing and he's not that if running back does get pushed up i'm fine with it i can still go two receivers and grab acres in the third round even in a 14 team or acres will be there but let's say let's say let's say camara's there camara's a smash let's say camara's there so let's say i go jefferson camara we're happy with that right that's good Absolutely, because if news comes out tomorrow, Kamara's not suspended or or it's not going to be in 2022, he's a round one draft pick. Yeah, oh, so we're happy with that. And then in round three, because I believe, I believe me, okay, just believe me, okay, wide receiver snobs in this draft. Given that, I don't even think I'm going to get DJ Moore in the third round. 14-teamer, forget Mike Williams, forget Cortland Sutton. I think I'm going to be zeroing in on, if I had to guess, if I'm predicting the start of my draft, I think I'm going to go Jefferson, Kamara, McLaurin. Allen Robinson. Over McLaurin. 
Arguably, yes. There's there's a real debate to be made for both of them. I mean, McLaurin is the clear-cut number one in this offense. Arguably has his best quarterback that he's had throwing the ball, as sad as that is with it being Carson Wentz. But you also look at Allen Robinson and what he's been able to achieve in his career with just a bunch of shit throwing him the ball. I mean, literally has probably had one of the worst line of quarterbacks possible and put up wide receiver one numbers. Now he gets Matt Stafford, who made Kenny Galladay look like Megatron. What can he do with Allen Robinson? We're already seeing that connection in camp. Allen Robinson's going up. Stafford's a gunslinger. He's not afraid to let Allen Robinson climb the ladder and go up and get the ball. That's why I have Cooper Cup as my wide receiver three. It took him slightly down just because of the arrival of Allen Robinson. We talked about this, Thank I think, you. in the Dominator one, two, or three. I forget what show it was, but it was early in the Dominator series that when they signed Allen Robinson, I said, it's not good for Cooper Cup. Ter- no, it's terrible, especially in the red zone. Allen Robinson's one of the best red zone receivers in the league. So I gave Cup a slight bump down, not much, but it is my wide receiver three. And then I gave Allen Robinson a significant bump up. And and to me, like it was hard not to put him inside like the top ten. It was I I just kept adjusting, and he's sitting at wide receiver twelve right now in my rankings. And and I, I think a real case could be made for two top ten wide receivers in this offense. The strength of schedule definitely hurts, and and Stafford's tendonitis or whatever it is in his elbow right now is is a little bit concerning. I don't think it's going to be much in the end, but the strength of schedule is probably the only thing that's going to keep both of them being outside the top 10 or injuries. Stafford's practicing. Yeah, but still has the tendonitis elbow, whatever they're calling it. But if it was any kind of serious thing, remember last year with Dak Prescott, they, they shut him down. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't throwing until, what, this week or end of last week, so he I, wasn't practicing at first. So. But he's still throwing much earlier in camp than Dak Prescott was last year because Dak Prescott yes. had the, the pitcher's elbow. Yeah, I, I'm just saying it's something to monitor, right? Tendonitis just doesn't go away. It's, I mean, look at Todd Gurley's knees, right? Where's Todd Gurley? He's gone. That's, that's all I'm saying. Tendonitis is something to kind of put in the back of your head and be mindful of. Stafford is a fucking, he's a tough, he's a tough motherfucker. That dude's out there. He just seems to always play through injury or he gets banged up and he plays through it. So I'm not too concerned about it, but it's just something to just store in the back of your head and remember. I may start three receivers. Definitely can. It's possible. I could go Jefferson, Mike Williams, Allen Robinson. Mm, yeah, I wouldn't take Mike Williams, but yes. Who would you take? T. Higgins is not going to be there. I wouldn't take T. Higgins either. Keenan Allen? Um, no, I'd probably be looking for. I'd probably be looking for someone like AJ Brown, or or if he's there, or I'd be looking at someone like, you know, DJ Moore or Sutton over over both those guys. I Higgins is I have lower on Higgins than most, just because. Again, strength of schedule and what Burrow did last year, and you know, top seven in almost every category. Is that his ceiling? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Jefferson, AJ Brown, Allen Robinson. You're happy with that? Oh, that's sexy. Doesn't that sexy? Yeah, that's like Water Boy. You know, the guy in the background. Yeah, I think I, I think I could, I think I could, get, I think that could be good. I think that could be good. I think I'll, I think I'll do that. I think I'll do that. And then I'll, I'll I, I, I have a feeling. I have a feeling that this draft room is going to give me a gift in the fourth round. Maybe even Cam Akers falls that far. It's very possible. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you ten to one odds. He does not fall that far. He's not gonna fall that far. <laughs> but J.K. Dobbins. Yeah. If you can get DJ Moore in that range, though, you take DJ Moore in those first three picks, hundred percent. You take DJ Moore over Allen Robinson. Yeah, I'm very close, but I, I would argue that DJ Moore should be going there. So then. The optimal, okay, the optimal 
sequence is Jefferson Brown more? I'd say optimal, yes. And you can mix in either um, A.J. Brown. I'm not drafted mixing. You can mix. Yeah, no, you can mix in. <laughs> it's like cool whip, right? Uh, you can you can mix in Cortland Sutton or uh, <laughs> or you can mix in someone like Allen Robinson. You can mix in Terry McLaurin. I think all those are fine there. And just it's about personal preference, I think. ML on YouTube writes, uh, Matt, you got to go Jefferson, A.J. Brown, Pacheco. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's a difference between – he says be unique. There's a difference between being unique and being on on uh, on drugs, and I think that, that pushes it to drugs. I love Pacheco too. If you don't mind, can we talk a little bit about the FFWC's mock draft challenge? Because this is cool. This is cool. This is available in all states. It is one of the coolest things that the FFWC does. Can you just tell the people for a minute about this this mock draft challenge? Yeah, so the mock draft challenge, you can go down into the show notes. Uh, is it done there now or is it going to be after the show? Do you it's know? after the show. Okay, after the show, come on back. Go down to the show notes and there will be a free entry link in there. And you can click that link. It's free, all states. 50, 51, I don't know how many states we have anymore. All, all the states, and you're going to be able to Wait, wait, hold on a sec. Can you stop for a second? <laughs> you know how many states there are? No, is Puerto Rico a state now? Or I, don't, I don't know. Not yet. At. Yeah, so, yeah, it's 50, right? Washington, D.C. is not a state yet either. They want to be. It's 50. It's still 50, as far as I know. I don't know if they added Puerto Rico or whatever they were at, trying to add in the elections. Well, aren't you from a place in Oregon that wanted to be the 51st state? State of Jefferson, yes. Aren't you is is Bend in Jefferson or what would have been Jefferson? It would have been, yes. Actually, it would have been. So you would have been in the fifty first state. And then they try to do Greater Idaho, and this one was fucking hilarious. They tried to do Greater Idaho, and they literally came into Oregon and circled around Bend. Everything around us would have been Greater Idaho. They like, no, you can keep Bend in in Oregon. <laughs> Because so many city folk from, you know, California and Washington have moved here. It's become, you know, much more, uh, what's the word, yuppie-ish I'm looking for, right? Y- y- yuppie-ish is a thing. I live in uh, the <laughs> Fairfield County, which is one of the most yuppie places in, on planet Earth. Yeah, when you have like two or three Birkenstock stores in your town and like all these vegan cafes, it's kind of yuppie now, right? And so yeah. – uh, they pretty much are like, no, you can keep Bend. Everything else is, is greater Idaho. <laughs> we so- have a place that's just barrels full of nuts, <laughs> gourmet nuts. And you just go around the shop for, and it's huge. And it's just gourmet high-end nuts. And I walked in and I go, this is nuts. Dun-dun-dun. <laughs> Yuppieville, man. All right, all right, all right. Back to back to the mock draft. So, in all fifty states, if you're in, I don't know if you can enter in Puerto Rico. So you have to look at the fine print. But if you're if you're in Puerto Rico, you might be SOL. But either way, what about the Philippines? (laughs) Now we're getting regulation. It's a whole other deal. Click the link. If you can enter, you can enter. If you can't, you can't. And then you can uh, you get that free entry, and you get to pick between three different prizes. One 
a dream vacation to of uh, to Hawaii for four people, and then number two, the ultimate fantasy football experience, which is you know trip airfare in, uh, an entry into the World Championship main event, which is an eighteen hundred dollar entry in Vegas, and you get to draft in Vegas live, or two, you get a Panini Flawless Hobby Box, which is a card collector's dream. I'm not a card collector anymore, so I don't know exactly what that entails but you get to go through do a mock draft you don't have to wait for anyone it's based on a system the system itself is tied to the ffwc high stakes adp so it actually is adp that you can trust because it's paid adp from players like myself and chad schroeder and and you know dave hubbard and, and all these other great high stakes players you get to utilize that adp inside this mock draft and then from there it's a best ball format so it takes your total points and whoever wins at the end of the year gets to choose those those prizes and so and it's free it's free it's free you can purchase more entries which is the options on there but if you only want to play the free entry by all means you can play the free entry as well it is it's an incredible simulator like if you actually want to simulate what it's like to play against the best high stakes savants like yourself and chad schroeder you do one of these mock draft challenges that's the way to do it That, that that's helped me that helped me kill it in the most recent player profiler championship which is now live drafting every day now their player profiler drafts happening almost every day at the ffwc and i looked up a few days ago there was one live there was a spot open in the lobby i jumped in and because i'm so trained up on the adps and and, and doing these simulations billy and 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 your guidance right us learning from my mistakes, breaking down where I went wrong and and where we could do better, breaking down draft boards. My drafts are getting progressively better. Would you agree? Absolutely. I think you have the best draft that I've seen that you do so far. That's not saying a lot, but it it means you're learning. It means that you're, you're, you're adjusting and you're making adjustments even. So I did a podcast yesterday with Chad Schroeder. And for those of you who don't know who Chad Schroeder is, he's arguably the best fantasy football player in the world and probably the goat of he's like the Tom Brady of the fantasy world. This guy has $2.3 million in entries or in, in winnings and $600,000 in entries this year, 600,000. That's how much this guy plays with. Okay. So that being said, Chad himself even said he doesn't start drafting till August 1st and it takes him about two weeks, hopefully shorter to get into the rhythm and groove and figure out what's happening on the year. Two weeks. So and that's him drafting multiple times every single every single day. You're not doing multiple drafts every single day. You've you've been drafting quite a bit, but it's going to take you time to adjust, adapt, and to tinker and to get into the flow and rhythm at the FFWC. Even the best in the world takes in some time to adjust. Yeah, promo code Podfather at the FFWC. You can draft with me. Here's my most recent draft. Are you ready? You ready to do our our Let's fun our fun? Uh, I'm uh, ready. Throw it up. Shelf. Effect. Hmm. I like that guy right down there. That's pretty good. Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. This is a pretty good draft, wouldn't you say? I like drafting from that position. Now, I, I I didn't get a top five pick. I didn't get Jamar Chase. I was hoping maybe he would slip. I've seen stranger things have happened. I saw you get Cooper Cup at like the 108 at one point. Something. I don't know how the hell that happened. I did, actually. That's hilarious. That was crazy. <laughs> but that's just that's a Billy thing. Uh, the charmed life of built one Billy Muzio. But here, I did the thing I always do, which was grab digs at the 106, and notice how Adams went immediately after. If I were drafting at, you know, the 108, I guess I would have been happy to get Eckler. 109, then you're reaching for Lamb, 
who has never been a wide receiver one in the middle of the first round, that's 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 speculative. To get Diggs there was nice. And then what was interesting was there was a real run on wide receivers. So even if I wanted a wide receiver, I wasn't going to get one. So, I mean, I would have had to reach for A.J. Brown. That was going to happen. But because there was such a run on wide receiver, I ended up going Saquon Barkley. What do you think of these first two picks? Sexy. Okay. I, I'd argue that Barkley might should be around one pick right now. I, I think he should be. I don't think Najee or Henry should. So I'm going to say Barkley should be around one pick. So you got two round one picks in my mind. And their offensive line is going to be significantly better. I mean, all the concerns we have about Leonard Fournette's offensive line, it's inverted with Saquon Barkley. Not just that, but you got Dable, who could be the quarterback whisperer. He's going to maybe take Daniel Dimes to a new a new level, and and hopefully their receiving core can stay healthy. And and if that happens, it's going to you know spread the field, and it's going to give Barkley a lot of running lanes. So Barkley's also one hell of a pass catcher. So I think that he's. He has a. I mean, I would not be surprised if if we look at next year and he's he's he was the RB one the season. Like that's the upside that Barkley has. The the RB one of football. He's elite. He's elite. And if this offense can improve, especially the offensive line, he's mega unlocked. And then I did the thing I always do. So I don't draft with enough volume, just so the the audience knows. Billy and I have very different sensibilities when it comes to portfolio management. I don't draft enough, so I just take Mike Williams every time. <laughs> But you you don't you you can't afford to do that. No, you can't afford to expose yourself to a Mike Williams injury and it just devastate a high percentage of your teams. Whereas me, I'm just I'm I'm pounding Mike Williams. Had I had I been a more high volume drafter, I would have gone Sutton there. I was debating Sutton or Williams. That that's a tough one. I like to tell people. You know, they ask you why, even as a you know, volume drafter, do you not like a certain percentage of X person? And it's like Mike Williams for me. I, I wouldn't want more than you know twenty percent Mike Williams. Why? Because if Mike Williams goes down, I don't want twenty percent of my portfolio, roughly eighty grand in teams, being in t- trouble. That's a lot of money to lose on one player. So for me, I'm going to diversify, and I'm going to consistently pick different players in that area. Well, it's easy to diversify when you have all these options. You have DJ Moore, you have Cortland Sutton, you have yep. Allen Robinson, you have Terry McLaurin. This round, the third round, when we're pounding wide receiver almost every single time. Thank you for not mentioning Waddle, by the way. Yeah, we're not taking James Conner. Get out of here, <laughs> right? So, no, we're going wide receiver in the third round, and they're just great options there. They're great options. We've already talked about McLaurin. We've already talked about Allen Robinson, Mike Williams, Cortland Sutton. And then it was interesting in round four, I was happy to get Brandon Cooks. Given how many wide receivers were going, that Gabe Davis was gone, Brown gone, Metcalf gone. I was very happy to get Brandon Cooks. What number was he off the board on that one? Wide receiver 21. Yeah. So there's that 23. That's a three. Yeah, wide receiver 23. And the, the buzzards in the chat when I posted the draft board were like, that's a two condom Brandon Cooks pick there in the fourth round, Podfather. And I'm like, dude, this, this guy has wide receiver one, like top 12 wide receiver in his range of outcomes because we're predicting a leap for Davis Mills. Remember, the greatest strength of the Houston Texans are their tackles. They have well above average top 10 tackles. So if you're Davis Mills, you have a Nico Collins, a true X receiver on the outside. You have Brandon Cooks, one of the better Z receivers in NFL history, really. I mean, how many Z receivers have Brandon Cooks' resume? 
he's so underrated every year. It's crazy. Yes, every every season that he that he's been healthy, it's a thousand plus yards. Yeah, and he was tossed around like a rag doll in the beginning of his career too, just like team to team to team to team. Yeah. And he was consistently putting up well, thousand yards at every team he was at. Well, I mean, it's still fine. You, you get tossed around from Drew Brees to Tom Brady. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's not a big deal. But still, right? it's a new system, new coach. That's what I'm saying. I would love to get tossed around. Hey, Tom. <laughs> oh. Hey, hey, Drew. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like <laughs> he had a pretty, he had a pretty good run there. Right. He had a good run. <laughs> I like doing that. That's it. Can you do that? No. Can I you make can't. that sound? No, I got too deep of a voice. You can't even try. <laughs> No. What happens when your voice tries to make that sound? It'll probably crack. I sound like like a like a twelve year old boy on puberty. You're not going to do it. <laughs> no. No. Oh, that's what it was just there. I think yeah. we just kind of heard. It's just kind of like it just kind of coughs out. Like it kind of fades oh, out. Yeah, yeah it just kind of all- fades out. Okay, that's what it fades out. So, <laughs> yeah, whoever said that that's a, a two condom pick can pound sand. Yeah, it's easily a three condom pick. Come on now. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and I was very happy to get Bateman after that. I was like, I'm going hero RB. These people are giving my, me my hero. There goes my hero. I selected Saquon Barkley. And then <laughs> boom, 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 boom. And the beauty was I finally took DeAndre Hopkins on a team that was perfect for DeAndre Hopkins where we had these four starters locked in. Then you add the Hopkins. Then the, that's the luxury pick. Hopkins needs to be a luxury pick. This is the perfect structure for a Hopkins luxury pick. Am I wrong? No, I don't think so. I I like Hopkins there. I mean, I don't necessarily think it's a luxury pick. I think it's a it's an upside play. You you looking at? You're saying, hey, I'm gonna take DJ Chark later because DJ Chark's the fucking man. He's gonna fill in for for Hopkins, and then when Hopkins comes back, he's you know a a top twelve. 15 wide receiver on a week-to-week basis and fantasy points per game. He's going to be one of the best receivers. So, I mean, you're going to get uh, a good seven games at him for the stretch. And who knows? You might have some injuries when he comes back and he's just going to slide right into your roster. The other player I was uh, debating there was Burks. But Burks is also likely to start slow as a rookie. So you get one guy's going to start slow. The other guy's probably going to start slow. One guy's on a pass first offense one guy's on a run first offense and one guy has a 1400 yard season on his resume and is trending toward the hall of fame if not for this suspension and is assuming he can keep the trajectory of his career at least aligned with where he's been hopkins is going to the hall of fame most likely so when i thought about it that way it became an easy choice over burks yeah i i think hopkins is is money there i burks is climbing uh, you are competing versus Burks at other spots. Who's been going two rounds later? He's starting to slip again now because they just seem to be throwing all sorts of news at us left and right with Burks trying to just say, you know, forget the fantasy players. We're going to see how much we can mess with their heads. That's what I think it is. It's now he's running with the twos and threes. Like get out of here! It's not running with the twos and threes. Like, he's he's going to start. He's not he's not not going to start. He's not going to be. He, they're not going to throw Nick Westbrook Keenan over him. It's just not going to happen. So. When you compare Cooks versus Mooney, people in the chat are comparing Cooks to Mooney, and they're putting it in context saying, well, Cooks is a much better pick than Mooney, because Mooney is on a team that has one of the worst offensive lines and a less efficient deep ball passer. So the passing game in Houston is going to be more efficient, and Brandon Cooks is 
a, a more established fantasy producer than Darnell Mooney, right? So it's funny you mentioned this. I have them. Um, I adjusted my rankings this morning, and I, and I moved Mooney back up one spot. So he's, uh, you know, I'm high on Mooney and how much I love Mooney. I even did um, the the draft kit. Mooney was my selection for your guys' draft kit. World famous draft kit. You got to get it. Playerprofiler.com. I've been pumping Mooney up since the end of last year, and we look at what he did as a rookie. He had 140 targets. They didn't add anybody in the wide receiver core. Pringle's already banged up. They, you know, Nikhil Harry is Nikhil Harry, and he's already injured. And and they're talking about trying to get Jalen Rager now. It's I don't it's not really going to matter. Where I'm getting at is Brandon Cooks is wide receiver 20 in my rankings. Mooney is wide receiver 21, but Mooney could have us you know multiple top three, top five weekly finishes based upon volume touchdowns and yardage where I don't necessarily think that's going to be Brandon Cook's specialty or those huge spike weeks. Can it happen? Yes, but I think spike weeks are going to be more often and maybe higher for Mooney, but in mean projection, Brandon Cooks has been so consistent and has been so reliable that I have him one spot higher than Mooney, but it would not surprise me if Mooney finished, you know, five, six, seven, eight spots higher than, than Cooks here just because De facto, he's going to see probably 150 plus targets this year. It's an incredibly unstable situation. It's an incredibly unstable situation. And in the most unstable situations, the one guy you can still trust is the number one receiver, especially one that has almost no target competition. So I agree with you. He's very draftable, but you don't need to be a hero. You, You go Brandon Cooks. Now, I was also surprised that Bateman fell to me. I thought for sure he was going to go the pick before me because I was like, this, the Bateman is so teed up to go. And Josh Allen went. So Josh Allen in the fifth round. Are you getting any Josh Allen? I mean, Josh Allen seems to be the the last player you would ever draft, given how late you like to draft quarterback. I mix in exposures, especially as we are getting in this part of the year. Um, I actually took him in the first FFWC uh, World Championship main event that kicked off last Sunday. Um, I was at 5'10". I was at the 10 hole, and he failed to me at 5'10", and I took him. Just yeah. looked at the wide receivers that are on the board who I was considering in that area, and I liked five of them, and I knew I'd get one on the way back, and I did. So it didn't matter to me, and I was able to complete a stack with Diggs, so it made sense. That's exactly what I did taking Lamar Jackson. I knew there was a running back I would get, whether it be James Cook or Melvin Gordon, somebody on the way back around. Stevenson, somebody would come back to me, and it was mm-hmm. Melvin Gordon. So I said, oh, I, can, I can go Lamar Jackson here, and, and there's almost no opportunity cost lost. That's what you were thinking. You're like, listen, there's no opportunity cost here. Now's the time to get Josh Allen. If I'm going to get any Josh Allen. And I'm like, I not only can get Lamar Jackson, who could easily be the best quarterback in fantasy easily and stack him with Bateman at the same time. You saw that pick him up from a mile away, right? Me going Lamar Jackson there. That was like, that was like, you could see that like from space without a telescope, right? Yeah, you sent me the board and I was watching, and I said to myself before you pick, Lamar Jackson, and then Lamar <laughs> Jackson hit. It's so obvious. It was like... It was like I'm, a, I'm a sicko like that, so like if I'm not even in the draft room and I know a friend is, I'll message him and say, send me the board. And I literally sit there like I'm watching like a movie, and I'll just be drinking wine or something, and I try to guess the next pick based on their construction and see how many I can get right. Uh, it's it's a fun game. It's It's what us diehards who have nothing else better to do with our time do. Tony Pollard also just super transparent, mm-hmm. right? This is one of those drafts where 
to get your guys, to get so many of your guys, to get a Bateman and a Pollard and a Lamar Jackson and a Melvin Gordon, and Melvin Gordon has the foot injury, which is just the podfather curse again. There are very few mild foot injuries. Most foot injuries are bad. Mm -hmm. Especially at running back. Foot injuries are not good. And this is coming from someone who has a lot. I mean, I am overexposed. Talk about overexposed to Mike Williams. I'm also very overexposed to Melvin Gordon. (laughs) Sucks, man. (laughs) I got nothing to say. It's like terrible. Uh, But still, process-wise, very happy with the pick there. Process-wise. And then did you see the shark pick coming at 115? I, I did. You did see that coming? Because yeah. that that was that was a scream. That was I closed out a tear. Yeah, and and you even took him a little earlier than where he's going, and I'm fine with where that where you took him. Like he honestly, in my opinion, belongs in the tier above that with like Jacoby Myers, Tolbert, and more. That's the range I think he should be in. And people are starting to like realize all the hype videos that have been posted on Twitter and everything that's been happening. He's been climbing up boards. Like gone are the days of of DJ Chark in round fourteen over here. Uh, those, I mean, that's the reason Long why my gone. ownership. That's the reason why my ownership is so high on him. Like this, this is going to be one of the highest ownership on one single player that I've ever owned in, in my, you know, high stakes career. It's it's like kind of scary high, but with the cost baked in where he was i'm not too worried about it yeah you're talking about the third versus the 13th round you can't be overexposed to any wide receiver in the third round you can be as exposed as you want in the 13th round most of those guys don't end up contributing anyway the stakes are very low in the 13th round the stakes are very high in the third round but i wouldn't be surprised at all if shark puts up equivalent production not with an injury just based on you know healthy week-to-week production that there's a wide receiver drafted in that third round that has shark level production i wouldn't even be surprised like if you told me at the end of the year that shark and jalen waddle yes so happy you said his name (laughs) i'm just fading him all together this year there's just no way if you told me shark and and waddle had similar production you know, let's say Waddle's more targets, more yards, but somehow Shark has more touchdowns and, and the fan, fantasy points per game are similar, right? Mm-hmm. That's not crazy at all. That oh. would be very, that would be one of the more believable things because, you know, one guy's competing for targets with Amon Ross St. Brown, who's not Tyreek Hill, and Jared Goff and Tua aren't that different. And there are some advantages that, the Lions have that's going to be a better offense than the Miami offense certainly a much better offensive line I mean the idea that the Lions will definitively unquestionably be a better offense than Miami isn't a common position but when I look at it I think it's it's obvious it's close I think um no one thinks it's close Miami and 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 Detroit yeah I think most people you know look at the Lions in Vegas right Lions Total wins over under of six. Oh yeah, you're saying that most people are favoring Miami. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You, you yeah, ask yeah. anyone on the street, or even even some sports experts, they're gonna say, "Oh, Miami by a mile." They got yeah. that guy from Alabama at quarterback, and they got a new coach from the Kyle Shanahan tree, and they added Tyreek Hill. I mean, the Lions, child, please. And I'm like, child, please. What are you talking about? The Lions are primed man what are you (laughs) and it's possible 
that other than Jamal Williams, because you have to admit that Jamal Williams benefits most from this offensive line in Detroit mm-hmm. on a per-touch basis. Absolutely. After Jamal Williams, you could argue the greatest beneficiary is actually Shark. Getting deep. Getting deep. And having the time to get deep because Goff is going to need time. So here, here's how we close it out, okay? So after Shark, yeah, let's we can duck down. So just our eyes are here. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, this is fun. <laughs> Look at us. <laughs> just try to pop up in random spots. Oh, wait, yeah, like, hey! <laughs> We're, we have too much fun. This shouldn't be allowed. This shouldn't be. This much fun should not be allowed on a fantasy football stream and podcast. So I went Gainwell, and you're not going to get Gainwell at pick 126 anymore. Those days are over. Uh, Ronald Jones, Paris Campbell, Marlon Mack, Chris Evans, and then Hassan Haskins and whoever, Snoop Connor, something, something, something. So that's the that's how I close it out. I painted it green at running back to close it out. I like the upside picks. I mean, felt good, felt right. I, I no complaints, no complaints. Didn't feel sniped. It's just it's, and when you're in the middle of a draft, that's the nice thing about drafting at the 106, 107. Just you can just let the draft come to you. you mm-hmm. it's, it's so much less pressure. I have been drafting at that spot a lot this year. I haven't had like the 112 at all. The 112 is a challenge. I love the 12 hole. I, when you, you ask me my favorite draft spot, <clears throat> it's either the 12 hole or the three hole. You could go conceivably Barkley Swift there. Yeah, you you can do so many things. You can double tap wide receiver and then and do, you know, a zero wide receiver team. You can double tap running back and then just go six straight wide receivers. You can take an anchor and go five straight, six straight wide receivers. There's so much flexibility out there. You can just let the board fall to you and then decide what you want to do. That's why I like the 12 hole because you're going to get, you know, two two top guys. Where 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 the reason I like the third hole is if you don't get CMC or um Taylor, you can you can take Jefferson or you can take whoever the hell you want to. You can push anyone you want up the board, and you can mess up the entire draft. Like the other night from the four hole, I also like the four hole. That's probably my third favorite spot, and it's because it went CMC, JT, Jefferson, and then the four hole. I took Diggs. I took Diggs ahead of Cup. I took Diggs ahead of Chase. I took. I moved him up, and it just threw off the rest of the board. And it, everyone doesn't know what to do at that point. They, they're like, oh, why the hell did Diggs just go, right? And then next thing you know, the next pick is delayed because they're looking up news, trying to see if something happened to Cooper Cup. And then Cooper Cup goes there, and the guy who's now in the five-hole or six-hole didn't think that he was going to get you know, the next person. Jamar and, and Chase. It, and that now everyone's draft plan is all messed up, and, and, and it's fun. You get to see how much the board changes by doing something like that. And then you get to go in and just go in and just – be creative and and create your own your own your own flow. <laughs> He's right there, man. He's right there with Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, and uh, just in terms of sex appeal, the upside mm-hmm. sex appeal. I mean, all these guys. Cop is in a great offense as well. All these guys, like they're just in such incredible situations. You could argue that Chase is in the worst situation of those guys. Yeah, it's just in general. I'm I'm not as high on this offense as most people are. I still think Jamar Chase is just a a, a, a supreme talent and, and I've, I've laid out my concerns with burrow you know being top in every metric and, and trying to maintain that through a whole nother year and and having a super difficult strength of schedule on top of it teams adjusting 
as well in the secondary to them. There's there's so many concerns that I have for this offense for at least repeating what they did in the last 14 weeks, including playoffs and the Super Bowl. Like that is going to be un- unsustainable, in my opinion, for them to to maintain for an entire season. So that's why I have Diggs ranked ahead of Chase, why I actually have um, Lamb one spot ahead of Chase. That's why I have Higgins as wide receiver 19. Like these are just – Wait, can you stop, please? Can you pause – can I time out you wait lamb ahead of chase I have lamb ahead of chase I lamb do. yes it's gonna be volume game for me it's a numbers game it, it simply breaks down to them being out receivers I mean you look at right now Tolbert's arguably the the wide receiver two in this offense there's no Gallup there's no there's no James Washington Schultz is is the probably the second is the second option in the passing game right now so lamb in my opinion right now if nothing changes as of today, is probably going to see 160 plus targets, maybe 170. Upside is real. I mean, you're talking about 1,300, probably 1,400 yards, eight, nine touchdowns. That that puts him around 250 fantasy points. Even though he's never done anything close to that. Yeah, hasn't done anything close, but he's shown the talent that he can. But he's always had Amari Cooper on the field. He's always had a pretty, you know, heavily involved running back on the field. Now people are already saying, I, I think Zeke's going to be still heavily involved, but. Lamb is going to be the de facto number one on this team. And there's not the de facto, the clear one. Clear, yeah. Clear and de facto. He's both, quite frankly. So I shouldn't worry so much later in the first round if Adams is gone, just hammer Lamb. Yeah. I love Okay. That. Okay. So then my only fear is Lamb's gone. Yeah. Okay. Then, but, but then, yeah, it, there, there's so many, so many different ways you can move about this. Like, when, and when I say that I, I have him ahead of him, I want people to understand this is mean projections. Chase is by far the superior talent, in my opinion. Like, his, his talent is probably maybe unrivaled in the NFL. I'd say he's even more talented than Justin Jefferson from a talent perspective. That's tough, man. It they're is so, tough. They're so close. But but from a volume standpoint, from a volume standpoint, it's going to be very hard. There's very few wide receivers in the league who are going to be looking at 160-plus targets. Chase did win the Bolitnikov when he was competing for targets with Jefferson. So... That's evidence in your favor. Great. I didn't even know that. Let's go ahead and look at a draft board you recently did. Okay. Pull it up. From the two hole, you went McCaffrey because you got to get McCaffrey there, right? Yep. Like I said, a case can be made for him at one. Now, Mike Evans fell to you at the end of the second round. Was this after the the hamstring injury was announced? Exactly. And someone took Fournette over Evans? Yep. Thankfully, thankfully. Thinking my lucky stars that happened because I did not want to have to pick Fournette there. And I, I was I was already saying I was already preparing myself to take Pittman there. And then I was like, OK, if 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 Evans goes, I'll take Pittman. And then Evans didn't go. And I was like, OK, well, now let's hope Pittman makes it back, which was unlikely because Pittman's been going in like the middle of the second round over here lately. This is what happens to you. This doesn't happen to anyone else. No one can go Evans Pittman in the second and third round. That's not a thing that happens. That's only a Billy thing. This is a Billy phenomenon. No, he's fallen. Pittman's, Pittman's hasn't been falling. That was just an anomaly. But Evans is has been slipping. That's what I'm talking about. You happen to be in a draft where they're overreacting to the hamstring injury, and then Pittman falls, and then you get your guy, Darnell Mooney. Notice that Bateman went before Mooney in this draft. That's where Bateman should go, but not ahead of Mooney. Yeah, I have... That's all kind of the same. It's like in my tier rankings, that's all one tier, right? That oh, Coach yeah. Bateman Mooney tier. But I have Mooney ahead of Bateman, but it's very close. 
I love this. This is a hero RB build. I love just like you loved my draft. I loved your draft, buddy. Yeah, there was a lot of value in this board that fell. Oh my god! But dude, how did Marquise Brown fall to the fifth round? Because some guy took he pushed up Mike Thomas, another guy pushed up, uh, um, De, you know Deontay Johnson from where he's been going in drafts. You know, a lot of people got pushed up in this draft, so it forced Marquise Brown down. That's wild. And and you wouldn't have taken Waller with the next pick, right? You don't take Waller in the fifth round ever, do you? No, fuck no. I'm not taking Waller here. Not not a non-Titan premium league. Like, not- Are you ever getting Waller? Did you have you, do you have any Waller in the FFWC? No, because he's been consistently going in that five to six range. I was going to pull the trigger. I saw him at like the, the 7-11, and I was on the turn. Uh, he went one pick ahead of me. But that's where I'm in this like why take Waller at five three when you can get somebody like Hawkinson or Goddard at nine eight and nine five? Like it doesn't make to me it's not worth the extra draft capital. Like you're looking at I always say if and or, right? So if I take Waller at five three, I miss out on somebody like, you know, Gabe Davis or even Elijah Moore. And if I swap that, I so would you rather have Marquise Brown or Gabe Davis and Hawkinson or, or or Goddard or would you rather have you know Waller and Tolbert or Waller and Claypool or Waller you know and I I prefer the I prefer the first I'd rather have the the more the more superior wide receiver and, and get the the tight end who also has a chance to finish as the tight end six tight end five whatever that range it's all they're separate tiers to me but it's all very close I'm interested in I mean that would be a gift like I'm typically drafting around the 107 and to see Amari Cooper fall to that spot slot 66 to go after Devonte Smith and Thielen and Hopkins mm-hmm. is that because of renewed fears that it's a year-long suspension for Deshaun Watson he's been doing this kind of ebb and flow up and down in draft rooms uh, and it's just been all over the place I've seen him go as late as round eight at the FFWC and um, that was an early prior to Watson even signing. So Cooper's been all over the place this year. Um, and he last 10, he's been at least kind of consistently in that round six, seven range. But it's, I mean, you have to think there's someone has to catch the ball in Cleveland. Dude, he's, he's, Cooper's <laughs> a smash. I don't understand. I don't get it. I don't get it. So what if Hunter Renfro had fallen to you at pick 71? Would you have gone Renfro? No, no. Renfro has real upside this year. I had Edmonds locked in my mind. Uh, so Dobbins and Dylan have both been climbing over here. Dylan, Dobbins, because they, 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 he's off the pup, but you know he was going at that 6-7 turn. So I had Dobbins and Edmonds in my mind on this turn as soon as I made my, my round five pick. I thought that was going to get one of those two, and that's, that was the plan. I wanted to get my second running back and then fill in the blanks. All right, so you ended up going McCaffrey, Mike Evans, Michael Pittman, Darnell Mooney, Marquise Brown. Then with your second running back, Hero RB with Chase Edmonds, he's a starter. He's a mm-hmm. starter and he's an all-purpose back. Then you come back with Kadarius Tony. That must have felt good. Tony was actually the most contemplated pick of the night. I sat there and took it all the way down to the final three seconds um, because I I have Tony ranked higher in my my rankings and I also have Tony. Um, I think his upside can be higher than 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 any of the following receivers as well. Uh, higher than Burks. Yeah, I think he could. I think, I mean, uh, to me, Tony could be like a Debo light, right? He's that human joystick we've talked about on, on the show. And and I, for me, I was going back and forth between Tony and Ayuk. 
because I think Ayuk is going to take a major step forward this year. I love the quote that Ayuk said about Kyle Shanahan. They were talking about, you know, having a rookie on the team and and how how uh, Shanahan kind of you know not belittles but maybe is tough on 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 rookie wide receivers. And Ayuk's quote was, "I'm just happy Danny Gray is here, so Kyle Shanahan can leave me alone." <laughs> so <laughs> seeing that. I was going back and forth, and the only reason I took Tony here, because I, I, I honestly, the knee has me a little concerned. The only reason I took Tony here is I pulled up my ownership, and I said, okay, a coin flip here, ownership decides. And I had um, one share more Ayuk than Tony, so I balanced it out in the draft. So that was that was the final decision. That is hyper-rational. Bravo. <laughs> I mean, bravo. Bravo. Do we have an applause sound effect? I mean, talk about the ration. I mean, that's if you want process, that's process right there. <laughs> Back and forth, back and forth. Now, you came back with James Cook. Brilliant. Lockett falls. This guy just puts up 1,000-yard seasons like a metronome. Congrats on getting Lockett. That's almost two rounds of value on where he's been going in drafts. Incredible. Then you waited and waited on quarterback and somehow still got Russell Wilson. Amazing. This is where he's been going. That ten- Actually, quarterback actually came up the board in this draft. Russell Wilson's been going at that... 10 to 11 i've seen him go as as late as like you know the 12th round over here but he's kind of been going at the beginning of round 11 so i guess it's kind of been where he's going on average but like quarterbacks kind of got pushed up a little bit Dak went like three or four rounds higher than where he's been going on average over here trey lance went a little higher burrow went a little higher everybody went a little bit higher in this room except for like josh allen so um well someone took brady prescott back to back in round six and seven yeah, it's, his name is Patient Man, but we were calling him the Rake because he it's a three-wide receiver league, and he doesn't take his first receiver until round eight. Christian Watson. <laughs> at that. He passed, up, he passed up Claypool for, uh, for, for Watson. It's so. a good thing he got – good thing he had his second tight end in uh, the ninth round with Cole Komet after he already had Ertz. I was drinking Glenfiddich and drafting this, and I, I looked over and said, man, he must be drinking something a lot more Glenfiddich than I am with this draft. I, I don't think he was patient at all. <laughs> no, he wasn't. I don't think he was. He didn't live up to his name at all. Nico <laughs> Collins, you got Nico Collins after Russell Wilson, then you went Kenny Galladay. Incredible value on Galladay, and you pushed up Nico Collins. I did. Talk about pushing up Nico Collins. I was so I took honestly Wilson was the other debate. I wanted to see how do I want to push quarterback even more because you know me, um, and I said you know I don't own a lot of Russell right now. I don't really have a stack on this team, but I said hey let's come back around and get Albert O in like the twelve thirteen turn, um, and at least have some sort of stack on this team, and maybe we can grab Hamler as well at some point. And so that was the rationale was well we don't have a stack yet, but we can we can get one here uh, in these later rounds. And at least have it make sense. And so that was the plan. And I said, we'll get either Chark or Nico Collins on the way back. And I already talked about Chark. I said, I'm okay if he takes Chark just because I own so much of it. And so Chark went, of course. We get Nico on the way back. And then Albert O goes three rounds, two and a half rounds higher than his average draft position to Mike Shope over at the Deep End podcast. He took him earlier. I'm, I'm 90% convinced he took him just to, just to fuck with me. So – it happened. It did. It messed with my head. But then I got Kenny Gallagher there, so I'm fine. Well, you got Fryermuth. He's got a hamstring injury as well. So you're t- you you really are a team hamstring here. Yeah, I'll call it the the Glenn Fittich hammy. Yeah, I, I like it though. I, I love this. Uh, Dernis Johnson, Damian Williams, Beatty, Hilliard. So you painted it green at running back. You slid in Kyle Phillips at the very end. Mm-hmm. And and you did the thing that we've been doing. 
the the un, the ultimate unsexy late round running back at pick one forty six, Jamal Williams. He's he's gonna have a good year. It's he really is. It's he's set up for success and 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 if as long as he can stay healthy, he's gonna be very involved in this offense. And he's fun. He's a great quote. He yeah. talks about how he wants to be a snowman. <laughs> right? It's yeah. just he wants to be in the, the movie Frozen. He's great. He talks about how he wants to be a princess. It's just how he wants magical powers. I mean, it's just brilliant. I love this guy. He's a he's a he's he's awesome. So yeah, I'm happy to take Jamal Williams just based on uh, how much I love his personality. Watch me take Jamal Williams in the Sleeper Bowl. Watch that happen. Watch that happen. And uh, by the way, Sleeper is a sponsor of ours. And go get the Sleeper app and use promo code Underworld. There's also Sleeper.com forward slash Underworld. It's the way to get there directly. And we have links on every player page, multiple links to Sleeper. Uh, if you haven't downloaded it, download it now. Sleeper.app, promo code Underworld. You got to get it. At the very end, you go Kyle Phillips. He is locked in to be the slot receiver, right? I mean, how many other number three receivers that are essentially locked in at this point are available at the end of a draft in the final round? Dude, he is destroying defensive backs right now, like destroying them. And I was at first hesitant, and I said, okay, let's wait until the pads come on. Let's wait until the linebackers get on the field, right? Let's let's wait and let's see what happens. I, I'm still want to see, um, I still want to see it more in, at game speed, and, and but I think. At this point, it's worth the upside shot, and you got to take you got to take those dice roll. Yeah, I, we we we've had him higher than consensus on the dynasty rankings. Now that you can actually draft him conceivably in seasonal leagues, I'm not quite there yet, but fine, fine. I, I do I do like him as a as an option, given that Robert Woods 30 years old for dynasty. It's Burks. With Phillips, I mean, what what a great combination! You had the proper alpha and a proper slot flanker. It's just perfect. One guy's got the speed score, the other guy's got the agility score. It's 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 how you would want to build a wide receiver core. It's what you would want if you're trying to create a talent configuration that makes the most sense. You don't want to have a bunch of redundant pieces out there. Mm-hmm. I agree. You don't want to have a bunch of redundant pieces out there. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think that's the show. I think that's the show. I think I think that, that we're just going to go out on that. That's absolutely fine. We've you did do your point thing. I, I, I'm supposed to talk over this. Come on. What, what, what are we doing? We should take a question from the chat. I, I like that idea. Let's take a question from the chat. Great show, says uh, Carlos Manzo. Appreciate you, Carlos. And uh, Jason Eckert writes, uh, Jamal Williams also compared himself to SpongeBob. And that was another uh, great quote from Jamal Williams. There's going to be more to come from Jamal Williams. This offensive line can absolutely support two fantasy-relevant running backs. Watch it happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Watch it happen. I mean, so many analysts are are, are just crawling over themselves to be, you know, as high as possible and plant a flag on Detroit as a breakout team this year, as the most improved team. But they stop short of touting Jamal Williams with any kind of ferocity. But that's why we're who we are. That's why this is the Dominator Show. We go all the way. We'll go as far as touting Jamal Williams. That's how far we'll go. 
Looks like we have a few questions in there now. And there's some good questions. Let's talk about Khalil Herbert. Khalil yeah. Herbert needs to be discussed. I love taking players like Khalil Herbert late. My issue is that he's a bear. And if there is one other bear I would consider, it is Herbert as well as Mooney. Because Herbert doesn't cost anything. And he could be a starting running back with size and an all-purpose skill set. So no matter what team context he's a part of, you want that guy. And you want good number one wide receivers regardless of who the quarterback is. That is the uh, Tom Savage corollary. And Khalil Herbert's just a more explosive, better version of David Montgomery. I am so sick and tired of players like Ezekiel Elliott and James Conner and Josh Jacobs and David Montgomery getting opportunity over better, more explosive running backs behind them like Tony Pollard and Zamir White and Khalil Herbert. And the best thing that can happen to them is a coaching change. And that's what we have in Chicago. So that's the case for Khalil Herbert. Yeah, I'm okay with Khalil Herbert. I, I don't. You don't know. sound this, it. You don't sound like you're very enthusiastic about Khalil Herbert. Who would you rather I'm, have, Tyrion Davis Price? Yeah, and, and if you're looking at that tier, I'm looking at like who's going to win me my my league. Who's going to win me an overall championship? Right? And, not Herbert. And it, it, it's probably what about not Chris Herbert. Evans? I took Chris Evans in that zone. So so for me, I think that 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 zone is probably like Tyrion Davis Price. Jamal Williams, Isaiah Pacheco, right? I those are Zamir White, even like these are players that I probably would shoot for upside in that that range, because like let's just what happens if Pacheco wins the job? He's the he's the the you know now the starter in in Kansas City on one of the most high powered offense. He's what the twenty twenty two Elijah Mitchell. Yeah, what happens if Elijah Mitchell goes down? Tyrion Davis Price now is is the you know clear cut back in 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 the Niners backfield, and we all know how how those backfields work out too. Where someone like Jamal Williams, who's going to be fantasy relevant even with Swift on the field, now Swift goes down again. Jamal Williams is a is a you know high end RB two on a week to week basis. Oh so boy, I would probably rather because have those Jamal Williams backs. can catch passes out of the backfield. That's the thing I like about even though Jamal Williams is not explosive, he's not going to give you the breakaway runs. He has soft hands. When he was sharing a backfield with Aaron Jones, he and Aaron Jones were both commanding a similar target share for a season. Yeah. So don't get me wrong. I like Herbert, but I just have him kind of at the tail end of of that tier. That's that that's that kind of five to six tier for me. Because he's a bear <laughs> in a bull market. <laughs> See now I can see the the image. So now now I have to talk over it just to talk over it. But now you can see it again, again, <laughs> Billy. Really, really. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I hooked you up with the image. So uh, that is the show. We are out. We are clear. We are going to print, baby. I gotta get the. Uh, I gotta get that up on on. Uh, I gotta get the link. The, the right link up on YouTube as soon as possible. All right, dude. Good, good show, man. Dude. Dra- breaking down boards, man. Screen's black. I can't see you. What? Oh, yeah. hold on. There you go. I'm black. <laughs> so, all right. I, I love breaking down boards. We did. We did a great job breaking down boards. And for the podcast audience, we just got to repeat mm-hmm. all the picks because they can't see it, you know? Exactly. So, I don't think I did that with my first board, but I, I try to remember to do that. Yeah. It's just lazy. And now it's just so it's, 
it's such basic analysis to be like, who's going into his second year that has a Jonathan Taylor vibe? Oh, Javante Williams. Exactly. Same draft spot, similar draft capital, also efficient. I mean, it must it makes be him. Sense, though. Must be him. And so, you know, for them to for for the for those analysts with the basic analysis to just get paid off automatically by an injury in preseason. Oh God, <laughs> so annoying. I know, right? Okay, I think that's good. No one cares about tier eight tight ends. Speaking anyways. after practice, Coach Nathaniel Hackett didn't seem overly concerned, but did say that Gordon's foot is being evaluated. Uh, and they signed a pair of depth RBs on Wednesday. Oh no! Yeah, it doesn't sound promising. Oh, uh, dude, foot issues. Sprained foot is so bad for running backs. Yeah. God. Okay, I think I got my. Um... I have a lot of Melvin Gordon, bro. Mm-hmm. Oh no. I have a decent amount of Melvin Gordon too because he was going so cheap. I that is that is that is quite pain. That is that is on the painful side of painful. Oh my god. The I have basic, a decent amount of him too. The basic analysis. Ugh. Cool. I got all my tiers done except for wide receiver, and I can get those done tonight. And it's it, what sparked this was I was talking with someone yesterday, and they're like, "Oh, you have uh, Tyrion Davis Price ranked at fifty three, but I noticed you, you always take him in this range." I'm like, "Because my rankings and, and projections, my rankings are my projections. They're those aren't the same as a cheat sheet. It's like a cheat sheet is um, a draft sheet. That's something completely different. It's like those are mean projections." So. At the 104, what would you do in the sleeper bowl? Knowing it's a 14 team league, I'm I'm trying to get Jefferson. I don't think I'm going to get him. 102 and the 14. 104, 104. Oh, you might get him. Maybe it's a running back heavy team. I mean, he, that's where he goes. He's the one. He's the fourth pick in most drafts. It's just that I think this is going to be a wide receiver snob league. It could be. So what? What are she, the settings? I, I think someone's going to go. I think. I think it could go like Cup Jefferson McCaffrey or something like that. Okay. Yeah, it might be. I think that's very reason. I think I could be looking at JT versus Chase, and that's going to be a tough decision. Nah, they'll take JT 101. People people are doing it. What about McCaffrey versus Chase? McCaffrey? Got to go McCaffrey. Absolutely. It, it's I, a great position I, honestly, to be in. I love the 104. It's my favorite draft spot. Yeah, for me, I take it's. I mean, a real argument. I mean, I could argue that McCaffrey should be 101, honestly, and Taylor should be 102, and then Jefferson or Dig Jefferson then Diggs. Like, I have Diggs as my wide receiver two right now. I'm worried that I'm going to have to reach at wide receiver with my second round pick. Yeah, you might. I'm worried 14, that with my second round 14 pick. teams. People usually push running back up the board though in 14 teamers because of the position scarcity. Is that right? Yes. So you might see three running backs go in the beginning, or at least two of them. So I so Jefferson's very much in play. Jefferson or Cup? I think Jefferson or Cup and even Eckler are in, all in play. Because with 14 teams, you got to think if everyone starts at least one But I'm going to get a running back in the second round. I'm going to get one. Yeah, Especially with Javante getting pushed up. Yeah. I mean, in 14 teamers that I've been in, you see like sometimes eight or nine running backs go in the first round. Maybe it's, 10. It's, it's essentially pick 24. That's, that's the ADP for Leonard Fournette. You're going to be looking at Fournette. Connor Chubb, you know that Fournette or Chubb over each. If you're GM, lucky, right? if you're lucky, Camara, Camara too. Yeah, that's why because Camara, Chubb, and Fournette will all be there or or all in play there. 
I'm I, I want to go Jefferson or or or, or Cop. That was my thinking. That's my thought process. Yeah. And then at the 304, remember that's actually like the 308 in reality. You know, I'm I'm going to be hoping and praying for for Williams or Sutton that they're not going to be there. I'm probably going to end up with uh what McLaurin or DJ Moore? McLaurin probably. Yeah, DJ Moore maybe if you're lucky. That's you like go, 20 23 you go DJ Moore over McLaurin, right? Evans has been falling. You might get Evans. <laughs> no way. I mean, I got Evans at 23 last night. Yeah, we're talking about pick uh, the 24, 304. 25? The 304. Imagine what oh, no, this 308. The 308. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the 308 because it's a 14-teamer. It's essentially a 308 in a 12-team league. Yeah, it's a little different. Yeah. Yeah, you're looking at like, like you're looking at maybe A.J. Brown, Mike Williams, maybe D.J. Moore. Yeah. Pick 32. I don't think I'm going to get Mike Williams. I'm not going to get A.J. Brown. I'm Keep thinking. Fingers crossed. I think it's going to be. I don't think I'm going to get Sutton. I think it's going to be between McLaurin, DJ Moore. Probably won't even get DJ Moore. I think it's going to be. I'm almost. I mean, I'll bet right now they're going to they're going to basically force me to take McLaurin. But is that a big deal? No, I like McLaurin. Yeah, it's fine. Right. You could even push. I mean, I like Allen Robinson more than all, more than all those guys. Quite frankly, this year, Allen Robinson's fucking awesome. Yeah, especially in that offense. Like I'd say, you're guaranteed Allen Robinson because he's been going like half around to three quarters around later than that. So you're pretty much guaranteed. Allen Robinson, and he's my wide receiver 12 right now. Allen Robinson's awesome. Did we? Neither one of us got much Allen Robinson. I moved Sutton back down like three spots. He's uh, he's now to uh, four spots. He's back down to 16. He's hurt, right? Uh, I didn't see an injury thing unless I missed it, but. I think he was, I think he missed a little bit of time. Judy's been uh, doing well too. So I, I moved Judy up a couple. I moved Sutton down a couple. Why is this Judy updating? Oh my God. Judy's going to be the bane of my existence. <laughs> Judy's going to kill me. Judy's gonna kill me, you know, and uh, and 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 uh, and Javante. I mean, I've been I've been big on the AFC West, so I'm not that worried about it. Basically, I've been like, hey, yep. you want everyone in the AFC West except Josh Jacobs and Judy, uh, but you know that that Judy exception is really, really, really kind of killing me. And mm-hmm. then all this Melvin Gordon. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Dude, the injury is basically the injuries to the ancillary pieces in Denver are destroying me. Tim Patrick is propelling Judy, and now this Melvin Gordon injury propelling Javante Williams even more. Yep, exactly. It's, uh, it's a real bummer, dude. All right, let's rock and roll. We're, we're going. We're doing a show. You ready? Let's, let's go. Okay, let's go. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Shut, 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 that was the mistake god i I, we're not dwelling on my mistakes i'm almost like i'm making mistakes already this draft is weeks away and i'm already (laughs) fucking it up i'm already tilting this is crazy stop it god i love you but you you freaking melt my brain sometimes man i gotta i gotta just like, it's going to be fine. <laughs> I'm not drafted mixing. You could mix. Yeah, no, you could mix in. <laughs> it's like cool whip, right? Uh, we have a place that's just barrels full of nuts. Gourmet nuts. And you just go around the shop for, and it's huge. And it's just gourmet high-end nuts. And I walked in, and I go, this is nuts. 
sexy. That's the uh, two condom Brandon Cooks pick there in the fourth round, Podfather. I would love to get tossed around. Hey, Tom. Oh. Hey, hey, Drew. Oh. There goes my hero. I selected Saquon Barkley. And then boom, 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 boom. Most foot injuries are bad. This shouldn't be this much fun should not be allowed <laughs> on a fantasy football stream and podcast. Billy, why are you spending all this time on rankings? Why are you rankings? I just felt like ranking. So I ranked. Most foot injuries are bad. Every spot's my favorite draft spot.